In the Simpsons fanbase world, there are two types of nerds. Those who blog, and those who podcast. These are their stories. All right, Barb, that's it. Go to your room, now! Okay, I'll take some white meat and stuffing to go, and send up the pumpkin pie in about 20 minutes. I said now! Mom, do I have to? Yes, you do! I hope you're happy, Bart! You've ruined Thanksgiving! Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, Australia's favourite Simpsons-based podcast, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and NoHomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. We remembered the sponsors yet again. Yes, that's two from two. Yes. We are on a roll. I feel like I haven't seen you for a long time. It's been over a it week. It has been a while, yeah. Well, it's well, been exactly a week since we did a, recorded it. It's been exactly week. a week, actually, yeah. but it's been a long week. I was talking to, to Nicola about this last night. I said, Mitch used to be come over like every second night. We'd do something, we'd write an article, we'd film a video. I never see him anymore. Well, I'll be back. I'll be back. It was a bit, it was an AFL Grand Final week, so it was a busy time for me. My beloved Hawthorne has won three premierships in a row. I'm just going to get that out of the way. I'm not going to brag too much throughout the recording of this episode. But uh, so yeah, I had that on, and then I had celebrations from that. And not only that, I destroyed my voice. Like it's only just come back now. I, I there's no way I would have been able to record anything for probably the first three or four days this week. Just in case you were wondering, listeners, that wasn't actually Batman on the show last that week. That wasn't actually Batman. Who was that? It, it was me, and it sounded like Batman. It to did. the point that I recorded that, and then I played it back, and I was like, holy shit. Well, that sound, that's... I, every voice I've ever done, because I'm not very good at doing voices, I'll throw my hand up and say that, I can hear my voice in most of them. I did that one, I was like, wow, that's that sounds nothing like me. I listened to it on my phone when you first sent it to me, and I was like... Yeah, whatever, we'll use it. And then I listened to it on the computer with headphones, and I was like, shit, that actually sounds like Batman. Yeah. But I, uh, <laughs> I, spent, I was impressed. I, thank you. I spent, once I realized I could do it and I listened back, I spent the next four hours talking exclusively in that voice. To like, your wife? Yeah, to my wife, to my dog, to my boss, to everybody. Once I realized I could do that, I was like, I might never be able to sound like Batman again. I almost went out and fought crime that night, Dando. I was so <laughs> fucking excited. Did Ash appreciate the voice? She was freaked out by it at first. Like, I called her up. You know what I did? This Isn't it like every woman's dream to sleep with Batman, though? I would have thought. It's every man's dream, surely. <laughs> yeah. um, I called my mother. I, I put my phone onto private so it didn't show up as my number okay. and gave her a call. I was like, your daughter's in trouble. You said that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Freaked> <laughs> her the fuck out. <laughs> You're a terrible son. I am a horrible human being in general, <laughs> but yes. That is classic. Now, today we're going to be reviewing which one? Bart versus Thanksgiving. Bart versus Thanksgiving, yeah. What were your initial thoughts of this episode before going back and rewatching it for the show? You know, it wasn't one that I was overly excited to Neither go back. really, Because no. um, it was... Over, like, look, it, it's not the most exciting story of anything that goes on. Bart and Lisa have a relatively petty fight. Something that doesn't matter all that much gets destroyed. But yeah, I mean, look, it, that's not saying it's a bad episode by any stretch or that I remembered it as being bad. But I couldn't remember a lot of really standout moments from, you know, when I, when I was first sitting down. Outside of 12 bucks and a free cookie, boy, what a country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what that is, but whenever I walk past a homeless shelter, not that that happens all that often, yeah. but you know that that's that's always been a standout line in my memory for some reason. I remember this episode very similar to Dead Padding Society that I was going back and watching it and going, oh, that's right, that happens. Oh, that's I completely forgot that he went and uh, donated blood. 
Oh, okay. I completely forgot the whole s- section of the, of the episode. Yeah. And I forgot that he went on the roof. I'd forgotten that he was on TV. I remembered that, but I couldn't remember where he was when he was on TV. I always remember him saying, and I didn't apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just, that's what, that's probably the one part. That and the, when he destroys the, um, what is it, the table piece? Uh, the centerpiece. When yeah. Lisa says, you didn't care, you don't even care. That's, they're the two parts that I remember from the episode. Everything else was just a blank. Yeah. I forgot that mum's, uh, mum's, I forgot that Marge's mum, uh, or mom, it was a bitch. Terrible person. Such an awful human being like, in this episode. I thought Grandpa was bad. Jesus. She makes Patty and Summer look like angels. One of the greatest quotes ever. Like, I, I don't wish laryngitis on my own mother, <laughs> but if she ever did contract that, I would love for her to come out with that. I have laryngitis, and it hurts to talk. So I'll just say one thing. You never do anything right. Uh, and I think it was, I'm sorry I came. Yeah, that, that was oh, at, that was at the end. That was at it? the very end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, like, and then at one point, she's like, "I'd say something nice." But after like five or six insults, I would say something comforting. But you know, my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll talk about more of that when we get into the full review. Do you want to give the quick synopsis of the episode? Yeah, of course. So it's Thanksgiving. Naturally, the title kind of gives that away. The dinner is getting ready. The whole family's coming over. Lisa has worked very hard on a centerpiece that is dedicated to all of the women that have inspired her, basically, in her life. Bart uh, and Lisa get into a fight over where that should sit. Bart believes that the turkey should go in the middle, correctly. Yes. And Lisa believes that the centerpiece should go. There's a bit of back and forth, gets thrown into the fire. The family come down hard on Bart for destroying Lisa's centerpiece. Bart cracks the shits with the family, leaves, and just spends the night slumming it around Springfield, basically, before <laughs> eventually coming back home and reconciling with his sister. That whole section where he goes across the tracks to like the bad side of the tracks is yeah. actually really funny. Yeah, it is. I, I like the, the parody of the news, people rocking up to do a story. They do it once a year, yeah. just so they can get a good story. What, what's what's the award that Kent Brockman thinks he's going to win? Uh, I didn't catch the name of the award, but it'd be similar to like a, in Australia, there's a Walkley Award for journalism. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in America they call it the Peabody, or that might be for print journalism. What I liked about it, we'll get into it more, but I just like that the homeless people knew why he was there. That is like, yeah, it's his thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the annual thing. He comes every year. Yeah. Him. But anyway. Comes down and dirties up his suit. Yes. So the original air date was November 22nd, 1990. The chalkboard gag was, I will not do that thing with my tongue. Now, before we get into this chalkboard gag, last week. Oh, many- has there been correspondence? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we yeah, had- I thought it was bad when I didn't know who Tress McNeil was. <laughs> <laughs> this week. We just questioned, like, well, oh, that didn't make a lot of sense to us. Wow. It's, but see, no, but- no, nobody messaged us saying that, um, like, having a go at us. No, no, not at all. They're like, just in case you weren't aware, I think it's this. And they were right. It's the fact that Nancy Cartwright was probably 32 at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think the news had broken and it was it had become publicized that Bart was voiced by a woman. But yeah, no, the a very everyone that sent through was very similar to the French frog thing yeah. from season one that everyone was just, hey guys, you've probably heard about this, but I'll tell you anyway. <laughs> and we appreciate it. It means that people are listening. Yeah, like, Every time I saw it, I thought, man, people genuinely care enough yeah. to not only just listen, but think... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell these guys what they got wrong. I'm yeah. gonna, they asked me the question. I'm going to answer it for of them. Of course, we were just testing them. We knew the whole time. <laughs> you know, I felt like... Well, we'll do that from time to time. We just throw stuff out there to see who's listening. The first time that someone messaged that response, I was going to say, yeah, we actually knew the whole time. We're just seeing whether people are listening or not. And I thought, Mitch is going to read this. Mitch knows that I'm bullshitting. So, he probably called me out to it. I would have. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go there. So... Yeah, the chopboard gag was, I will not do that thing with my tongue. Yeah, now I'm going to throw it open to the listeners again. If you understand what that one's about, <laughs> um, I'm wondering if it's anything to do with Bart being strangled and the tongue flying out of his mouth. 
maybe that had become public. Like, this is actually one thing that I'm learning. A lot of the chalkboard gags are very much of their time, and they're sort of about references yeah. or stuff that was in the news. So it's hard with these ones going back 20, 25 years later to figure out what they were actually talking about, unless it was a really big world event. Can you do anything with your tongue? I'm useless with my tongue. Um, I can do that thing where you, like, kind of curl it and, like... Like you make a little... I'm take a photo of that and put it on the page. It's like a little tunnel. <laughs> you, no one needs to see a photo of my tunnel tongue. Speaking of the page, make sure you like it if you haven't already. Facebook.com slash discount. We're on over 1,700 likes now. Mm-hmm. We are flying. We're also on the Twitter. Yes. We have you a Twitter. That. You requested Twitter. I built it. Yes. What are we... Uh, Fourfinger pod. At Fourfinger pod. I couldn't get Fourfinger discount. It was already taken. Yeah, okay. Well, Sons of bitches. Are they using their account? I have no idea. Maybe we should pay them for it. Yeah. <laughs> just overtake it. But no, that's fine. Four Finger Pod is shorter anyway, so that allows me longer character, well, more characters to uh, etch out some hilarious little tweets that I'll yes. be throwing your way. And we're going to be putting some exclusive stuff on there as well. So if you've just liked us on the page, if you don't want to miss out on everything, make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. Yeah, we've just thrown a photo up of a, uh, a very nice little thing that you've brought home for me. Yes. So, oh, I was out, was it op shopping? Will our international... Listeners know what that means, op shopping. So, op shopping is like a second-hand store. Um, At the local yeah. markets and stuff. And yep. I came across some World of Springfield figurines. Yep. And they had the three nerds, and they had Larry Burns. Now, uh, $10 each. And I looked at Nicola, and Nicola's like, I don't think I want to spend $40 on toys. And I'm thinking, mm. okay, so how's... I how- don't think that I want to do it. So- I like that in her head, she's already <laughs> giving up, though. Yes. <laughs> like- <laughs> she- but she- she's waiting for my excuse of how I'm going to get them home. So, basically, I'm like, I want these three because they're a set. I'm like, you can't have this one and not have those two. You can't have these two of that, that one. So, yeah. I'd buy the three nerds. I'm like, how do I get Larry Burns home? I know. I'll say it's a present for Mitch, right? Nice. <laughs> and then I bought it and I was like, you know what? Mitch likes Larry Burns. I'm just going to give it to him as a present. Ah, thank you very much. A lie turned into the truth. That's <laughs> yeah. always a good story. <laughs> yes. Um, are you right that about that thing about it being a set though? Ever since I saw Toy Story 2, I do genuinely feel like if I buy two of a thing and leave the third behind, that that toy has like some sentient being and it's going to be real sad and lonely on the shelf for the rest of its life. Does it I make- can't do that. I'm not the only one. No. <laughs> These toys have feelings. Exactly. <laughs> so, also, and the couch gag, getting back to the episode, of course, the couch gag was Grandpa is asleep on the couch when the family rocks up. Yes. Now, uh, as we mentioned earlier, this aired on Thanksgiving, which I thought was really cool. Mm. It's not very often that they would air holiday specials on the actual holiday. Yeah, it doesn't happen all that often. I guess it's just a, you know, a nice little confluence of events that brings all that together. I think they obviously wrote the episode knowing it was going to air on Thanksgiving. That's probably why they got the idea. Yeah. Do you think this episode... They knew what was coming up, so they just took advantage of it. They didn't have this really good idea and go, all right, let's write it. It was, okay, we have to write a Thanksgiving Day episode. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go along with that. I mean, I'm happy to be corrected if anyone knows more about the backstory, but it does, it does feel a little bit that way, almost like the, the, the first ever episode, the Christmas special. Like, it was... It's yeah. Let's we'll set it at Thanksgiving or Christmas because let's face it, it's a holiday. No one's going to be paying too much attention to the TV anyway. As long as it's at the same time, audiences will probably be happy. I don't think that episode that was written to be the the pilot. I think that was going to air later on. And they- no, I know that it wasn't written to be the pilot, but I mean it still had that same thing of rather than yeah, okay. here's a really great idea, we'll set it at, at like and it has to be at Christmas. It was more like uh, we have to do a Christmas episode. What's an idea that we can throw in there? Yeah, it was yeah. a good episode though. Oh yeah, yeah. If you want to listen to our review of episode one, go back. We're yeah, not going to do please. it again now. Um, so it starts off with like Thanksgiving Day preparation. Marge is cooking in the kitchen. Homer's watching the parade on television in the yep. lead up to the football game. We don't have Thanksgiving here. But it reminded me of sort of like Christmas morning. 
you know, you know when your your mum's getting lunch ready and you're sort of sitting around watching the movies that you've just got as a present for Christmas and that, yep. that kind of feel. Yeah, there was that relaxed vibe. Everyone knows their place. Yeah. at that time, this um set the tone really early. Like within the first minute, you know that yeah. this is about Bart versus Lisa. Like because as everyone's doing their thing, Homer's just watching um, football. Maggie's just being a baby, as you said. Marge is in the kitchen. Uh, Bart and Lisa are fighting like instantly, and it's that. W- it's the one really jarring aspect of that scene. So I liked the way that the writers introduced that pretty quickly uh, and director even that, you know, that this is what the conflict of this episode is going to be about. It's about, you know, brother versus sister. Very similar to Dead Punning Society. They set up that it's Homer versus Flanders in like the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. They're starting to um, develop a little bit more structure in that regard, I think. And without telegraphing, here's what the plot is going to be, but it is saying, here's what the theme is going to be. I don't think it was so much back in the earlier days. It changed as the show wore on, but let's just say season six, seven, eight-ish from that point on. The first part of the first act, at the start of the episode, never really had anything to do with the rest of the episode. No, yeah. They always had little non sequitur type scenes yeah. that would then spur on the events. Yeah, but, but season two... But they'd never be mentioned again what had actually happened at the beginning. It's not happening at the moment, though. They're still they're just building the story from the get-go. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, more gradual, working your way into it, and then everything sort of paid off at the end. I just wanted to acknowledge that because Homer was watching the parade, and they made the joke about any cartoon... If any cartoon had a balloon in the parade, then it'd be meaningless. Yeah. And the Bart Simpson balloon was there. What I thought was cool was the day this aired, the Bart balloon was actually in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I that's, didn't know that. It's just a little tongue-in-cheek. I love how the Simpsons are willing to just take the piss out of themselves. Yeah, I love that even from an early part of the show's run that they're taking the piss out of all of the merchandising that was going on about the Simpsons. Like, given how long an episode is, and as in how long it takes to make an episode, I love how quickly they were able to catch on and start poking fun at the whole you know, Simpsons mania that was going on. The Simpsons, when you look back at it now, like, I'm 27, how old are you, 27? Uh, you're 27, yep. Like, and we're, we're massive nerds. This show, The Simpsons, was written for nerds. It was written by nerd writers, for nerd writers, essentially, wasn't it? Pretty there's, much, there's so yeah. There's so many subtle jokes that anyone who's not a nerd wouldn't pick up on it. Like, the, the casual fan wouldn't watch that and go, oh, that's funny because, you know, Bart <laughs> Simpson had a balloon in the parade as well. You know, it's just Futurama's good at it as well. There's yeah. so many in-jokes that they write the show for us. They're there if you're looking for them, yeah. And, I mean... They probably weren't writing that joke for two guys 25 <laughs> years later to be looking back and going, oh, I know that. But, um, but yeah, definitely. There are extra layers if you want to go looking for them. Without knowing that bit of information, I still found it hilarious as well. Just the Bart flew past at that time. It was yeah. a very meta joke. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, Lisa is building the um, the Thanksgiving Day table centerpiece up in her bedroom and... Bart's down in the kitchen trying to help Marge cook. Now, this is hilarious because, you know, when you're a kid and you're trying to help your mum cook, you're just getting in the way. I can envision you being a cook in the kitchen, you not wanting anyone else in there because they're just getting in your way. Well, they can come in, but they need to be doing what I've asked them to do and the way I've asked. Mum's like, (laughs) basically. Bart's like, it's broken, Mum. Mum, it's broken. 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 I don't think that it's broken, honey. Here, let me try. There you go. <laughs> I think every son has been there at some point. Yeah. What The other thing that I love about that, though, is um, it's not like Marge is cooking a gourmet meal. Even, <laughs> like, even though she's helping, it's can- cranberry sauce out of a can. If anyone out there has eaten canned cranberry sauce, Delicious. may God have mercy on your souls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's when Patty and Summer arrive with food. Now, I feel like this is something you'd appreciate because just say you're having Christmas lunch at your house, right? Yeah. You said, don't bring anything. I'm going to prepare lunch. Yeah. And somebody rocked up with food because they didn't like what they thought you were going to cook. All right. Well, here's the thing. 
my first instinct would be sweet more food. Yeah, like I don't care all that much. I think you would. No, 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 it wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me. As I said, more food. It's my house. Leftovers are going to stay in my fridge. <laughs> Bring yeah. whatever you want. I know that I'm going to enjoy what I've cooked. Like some cheese on it. It's delicious. But I do know, like, say, I there are other members of my family who would lose their shit over something like that. Like it would turn into a drunken debate. There'd almost be punches thrown over something like that in the circles that I hang out in. I think it would annoy me a little bit. If I had gone out my way to say, don't bring anything, and then they did anyway, and then talked down about the food that I was cooking. Oh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to talk Patty down. Patty and Summer talked down about what Marge is cooking. That's true, yeah. No, well, that's... A, look, bring your own food if you want, and, you know, that's fine, but don't be dissing mine. Because <laughs> um, I know my food is delicious. One, one thing I noticed in this scene was Homer was genuinely trying to be nice to Patty and Summer here, giving them a kiss goodbye or whatever, and they're just straight up bitches to him still. Like, he can't win. No, he can't. Well, that's the sister-in-law thing, though. Luckily, does Nicola have a sister? She does. Okay. Um, Ash doesn't, so I, I've avoided the whole bitchy sister-in-law. I, I, Nicola's family, I couldn't talk any more highly of them. Like They're just perfect. The perfect okay. parents-in-laws. Well, well done. Maybe Nicholas because family. they're on the other side of the world. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so Homer goes to pick up Grandpa at this point, and he's listening to Hooray for Everything on the, the halftime show. Those kids have got so much spunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we need to mention, is this one of the first... Uh, instances of home oh obviously went to the track in season one is this one of the first instances of him gambling on football um is he doing the first season i don't know but i love the line about how he's explaining what's going on see maggie those silver and blue guys are the Dallas cowboys their daddy's favorite team and he wants them to lose by less than five and a half points understand which team was that can you remember uh was it the cowboys yeah cowboys yeah, yeah. Dallas cowboys the, the, um the team he dreams to own one day yes but i i love that um that big event will bring out gambling in people. Like, I, I bet on the grand final, did yeah. you? Uh, I put 20 bucks down on the grand final. Yeah. Not a huge amount. But yeah, like the AFL grand final. You wouldn't can, can bet I, I at all th- up until that game. And then suddenly yeah. everybody's an expert. Can I say one thing? Mm. 30 bucks on Cyril Riola to win the Norm Smith. Seriously? I did. Ooh, that would have paid huge. $7, I think it was. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, Melbourne Cup is another one. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know a thing about horse racing. Nobody does. But <laughs> Melbourne Cup rolls around and everyone puts money on. Yeah. It's crazy. Getting back to um to Homer though, when he was driving in the car listening to Hooray for Everything, it reminded me so much of when I listened to like the Wiggles. Yeah, well they're like the Wiggles or High Five or it just brings out the kid in you and you just can't help but enjoy it. Uh, I don't know that I enjoyed it. You don't, <laughs> well, you don't enjoy the Wiggles, man. Um, Fruit salad. I never really hot potato. I never watched much of the Wiggles when I was a kid. Bullshit. I didn't. Look, I liked um. You I know the bits you were that a I connoisseur. liked. Of, of comedy. I was I was busy watching Martin Scorsese. I'm sure age. you were at the age and, of four. You fucking Martin and Scorsese. Kurosawa films. Were you watching Casino, yeah, at the age of three and a half? Uh, four and a half I was on a casino. <laughs> three and a half was Taxi Driver. How old were you when you saw uh, Godfather? Uh, Godfather for the first time, I reckon. My I father about- played it to me when I was in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I liked when Homer rocks up to our grandpa's retirement castle and there's a sign at the front or might be as he's walking in it says thank you for not discussing the outside world yeah hilarious I love how depressing <laughs> the retirement castle is yes the following people have relatives who wish they could be here today Antonovsky Conroy Falcone Martin Thorson and Walsh oh and uh, Mrs. Spencer you too Oh, I knew they wouldn't forget me. One thing that that scene t- I took from that scene, I should say, is that, especially what's happened with my grandma recently, mm. if you have older people in your family, like your grandparents still with you, go visit them. Yeah, don't forget them. Because you don't know when they could be gone. Like, my grandma was fit and healthy 
bang heart attack. She's out of hospital now. She got out today, thankfully. Congratulations. Thank you. But it's like, bang like that, they can just be gone. Don't, and, and you don't want to live your life regretting not spending time with them. No. I know they may be annoying. You may see them as annoying, but- They smell weird. Yeah, they do. And they, they complain about everything. But they always have candy. My, my nan has a habit- of not listening to you when you like when you talk to her, she doesn't listen to you the first time. It's like she's waiting to just go, huh? And now mm. she's at the point where she's it's such a habit of her. She goes, huh? But then she'll answer the question anyway. Actually, on <laughs> what you've said, you know what would be a great idea? And um, oh, I'm, obviously I've mentioned it, like Kevin Smith was talking about this at his thing and what he loves about podcasts because he had his mum on his. Get a video, get a recording of them because when you know when they do go. You remember their face, you remember moments and that sort of thing, but the hardest thing to remember is what they sound like. Yeah. And, like, it, it, it's so true. When he mentioned that, I started thinking about things like that. And I'm lucky enough, though, that my my grandma had a nan who passed about four months ago, um, and I, she always would say my name the exact same way, no matter how old I was, no matter where we were, no matter what was going on. It always had this upward inflection, the same cadence. It would be, hello, Mitchell Grinter. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that will be forever indelibly etched in my brain but outside of that like you know I, I, it's amazing how quickly you forget things so yeah spend more time with them get photos get videos do everything you do everything you can love to grandparents love, Hasht- just everyone love your family hashtag oldies yeah <laughs> hashtag oldies alright so then they get back home and Marge's mum arrives now like you said who would have known she was such a bitch I know maybe not love to her it's actually- if your grandmother is like Marge's mother <laughs> maybe just wheel her away into a little room somewhere and just let her ride it out. It's actually a really good bait and switch because when she arrives, Marge is so excited and it's nice, happy music, yep. opens the door and it's just depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll only say one thing. You never do anything yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing she says. Why are Marge's family so cruel to her? I don't get it. Marge um, is like the perfect woman. Why do they talk? It's because they can get away with it. Look, well, for the Simpsons point of view, I think it's just purely for comedy value that you take this character that's so inoffensive and everyone just has such hatred towards her that they they ramp it to the extent that it has to be funny. Another part of it, now that I start thinking about sort of literary terms, is a little bit Cinderella style. Like, you know, she's got the ugly stepsisters and all that sort of thing. And she's, for no reason at all, people are just bitchy. And that makes you kind of get on her side a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And then Maggie's watching the halftime show, and I like the commentary's quote here. He says, In the Silver Dome, now ablaze with flashbulbs, as hooray for everything leaves the field. Of course, a stadium's much too big for flash pictures to work, but nobody seems to care. God, there's nothing that shits me more than people misusing a digital camera at a big event. <laughs> you know what shits me? That people still, in 2015, film shit on their phones vertically. Oh, I know. What the hell is Not wrong with you? Not only that, I read some bullshit article the other day suggesting... Written by Dando? <laughs> no. Um, I, this was on an inferior website, suggesting that actually filming vertically might become the like the, the way forward because of smartphones. No. No, 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 no. Widescreen, 16.9, nothing less. <laughs> exactly right. Unless they start designing TVs up and down and not left and right. Exactly. Ah, oh, it shits me. I watch people filming things like... I go to a birthday party and they'll be filming the happy birthday song up and down. I'm like, you've ruined it. You've already fucking yeah, ruined it. It's Yet not that hard. You had one job and you fucked it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is a cool video that I've seen though of flash photography at a stadium being put to good use. Yeah. It was part of the, might have been the 2006 Commonwealth Games in Melbourne. The scared weird little guys were at the MCG. So the MCG is like Australia's premier 
stadium. It's, it holds 100,000 people. They're performing at night. They managed to get all of the lights in the MCG turned off and did a Mexican wave of flash photography. That's pretty so, cool. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. You, at least years ago, you were able to anyway. It was a very, very cool thing to watch. I'm surprised that people were able to function and do it properly. Yeah, well... Look, I suppose as, as musicians you, you can get a crowd to do anything. <laughs> they, they've got something about the rhythm and the timing. They just do it. All right, it's moving on. It's time for dinner. And as you said, um, Bart's got the turkey, and Lisa's put this centerpiece thing together. That she's so proud of. I don't really quite get the. I know what she's going for there, like generations of women. But it's like Lisa, you're right. <laughs> Such a misogynist. <laughs> Stop recognizing women at the table. No, it's not that. It's just oh, for fuck's not sake. one of those women is holding a turkey baster. Just sit down and fucking enjoy your food. Yeah, that's true. Not everything has to be a statement. I know. Every, everything just relax. Everything is a statement. With have Lisa. three generation of funny women. Yeah. <laughs> so Bart accidentally. All well, the, the setup for the gag is that no one can get the fire going, and then when yep. Bart knocks the centerpiece out of Lisa's hand, it goes in the firewood, lights the fire, and just takes off. Classic comedy, just lights out of nowhere. Yep. And burns it to crisp. Bart doesn't seem to care. What is he? I'm surprised here that they got away with Bart saying, Bitchin'. Yeah. I was um, like, whoa, okay. That's for the second time. He said that in Treehouse of Horror as well. Did he really? At what yeah. part? Uh, when the house ex- implodes in the in Bad Dream too, House. yeah. Maybe it's because it's kind of under a sound effect. It's slightly muffled. In the in first both one, cases. yeah. In both cases. Even in the second one, it's as the flames go up. Uh, I think it's more noticeable in this episode. Than oh, yeah. What I notice about this fight is that no one in the family cares. Like, they all just watch. A fight yeah. that goes for a really, really long time. It's an eight and a ten-year-old. They could not be easier to separate. And, and everyone just sits and watches for like ten seconds. And then when it finally goes, even Grandpa's just like, ooh. Yeah. Like, he's more impressed with the fire <laughs> than anything. I actually, I had it written down here. I think it's great writing in the sense that you laugh at the initial mistake of the thing going up in flames yeah but then you feel so bad for lisa when she says you don't even care you don't even care it's great acting from yardley smith when she's like you don't care you don't even care it's just you know when something for example for me might be a a toy or something that nicholas picked it up and dropped it and broken an arm off of it means nothing to nicola but to me, it meant something. But yeah. like Nicola doesn't get it, and I, I, that's how I sort of related to it. I'm like, you have something that someone else is using, like a, a possession of yours. It means nothing to them, so they fuck around with it or whatever, and they break it, and they don't care. And that's what hurts the most. It's not that they broke it; it's that they broke it and don't care that they broke it. Yeah, it's a really nice still moment after a lot of uh, a lot of action as well, and like the fact that there's a lot, there's lots of voices, everyone's talking and yelling and that sort of stuff, or, or you know, reacting at the very least. But then for that, you don't care. You don't even care. That is yeah. just her voice. So it's kind of like, you know, in a song when they cut out all of the music and you just hear the singer's voice for a moment and yep. those moments always make the hair on the... You always stand up. Yeah, spine. exactly. Yeah. It, it's, it's the equivalent of that in the middle of in that scene. Yep. So after the, after this has all gone down, Bart gets sent to his room and then he runs away in protest um, because he's, everyone says to him, you ruined Thanksgiving, which I thought was a little bit harsh. Like, why has he ruined Thanksgiving? Yeah, exactly. The turkey being dry wasn't Bart's fault. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like the canned food. cranberry sauce went a long way towards ruining Thanksgiving. <laughs> so he runs away with uh, Santa's little helper. I'm surprised that no one went to check up on him at all throughout the whole day. Yeah. He's just up in his room. Well, the whole evening, I suppose. But, but, but is, this is what I don't get. They're I, serving turkey. Surely I, that's dinner time. But thing. I thought, isn't it like the... Is it meant to be a lunch or a, a dinner? Well, what time would Thanksgiving... Because like, I thought when, when Bart... Because when Bart leaves, it's still daylight. Yeah, okay. So I suppose it's sort of evening into nighttime. Because doesn't he have dinner at the homeless shelter? 
Yeah, that's true. They're serving dinner. Yeah, because uh, he goes to Mr. Burns' mansion and everything. And it's I swear everyone's having lunch. Everyone's. Do people have Thanksgiving lunch or Thanksgiving dinner? I don't, I, see, I don't know. I always thought it was Thanksgiving dinner. That's what I like thought. it's like a six-hour, like it's this whole process. I just thought it was very daylight for a long time after Bart had run away. Maybe, well... Daylight savings? What, yeah, what time does it get dark over there? Like, maybe... maybe At Thanksgiving time. Yeah, I mean, look, we're... In summer in Australia, we could, you know, we'd be eating in daylight, seven o'clock, and the sun's still yeah. up. So, so as I said, he goes to um Mr. Burns's mansion to try and steal a pie. Yes, and he I'm does. Like, they, they find him on security. They're like, Mr. Burns, this is base command. The intruder appears to be a young male, aged nine to eleven. Release the hound. Yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> be a young boy. Release the hound. I've got a bit to say about this scene actually because it's got such a great pullback and reveal joke where yeah. it's zoomed right in on Mr. Burns and he's just eating that tiny uh, slivery yeah. wafer of food, which <laughs> for an old man you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then like he pull, like, ah, oh, I couldn't have another bite. And then it pulls back to reveal a whole long table of just <laughs> succulent treats. He's like, dispose of this. <laughs> <laughs> it really. Like, they go to such a long way to highlight the opulence of Mr. Burns in this yep. moment. And a little bit of uh, Greek mythology trivia for you. Did you happen to notice the address of Mr. Burns' estate? No, what was it? Well, he is located on the corner of Croesus and Maimon, who are two figures of greed. They were both uh, both kings. I think one's a biblical character and one is a character from Greek mythology. Um, so, there you go. Just slip it in. You want to talk about, like, your super nerdy references. Again... You're looking at that. No one's going to know that. Like, I did Some obviously, some people would know that. Did you but, notice that, or did you read that somewhere? Uh, no, I read that somewhere okay. afterwards, and I was like, again, the effort of that, and how smart the writers must be. Like how how insanely well read you need to be to be able to throw that in as a reference. Maybe they had to. Maybe they, their idea was let's put Greek gods that mean greed that refer to greed as then had to do some research they had no google back then they didn't know they had Encarta encyclopedia yeah exactly <laughs> encyclopedia, encyclopedia britannica, britannica yeah. <laughs> so after he just escapes the hounds and he go he crosses to the wrong side of the tracks to donate some blood for what was it twelve dollars in a cookie or something yeah twelve dollars in a cookie i've just looked down at my notes and realized i missed one other thing yeah can, can i sorry guys i do this all the time we move forward look at your notes more often motherfucker i should i apologize as bart first escapes the house. So, we're going back to the... A little bit. Um, oh, yeah. I know what you're going to say. The plants. Jumps on the flowers. He's like, uh-oh. I mean, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved that moment. That all That's all it takes to humanise Bart in this episode because, again, you see that at his core, he's still a frightened 10-year-old boy who does fear his parents' wrath and doesn't want to upset them. And then, like, the instinct to be rebellious kicks in. But that's more of a forced Because he knows he's going to get away with it. He's trying to save face by being naughty. But his first thing is like, oh, no, I've hurt something. But he stops straight away again when he hears, hey, what are you doing? Stop it. But it's actually Homer inside talking to the dog. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so getting back. So, you think, is it $12 in a cookie? I can't quite remember. 12 bucks in a free cookie. What a country. (laughs) Yes, that's that's the quote. Viva uh, Viva La Skid Row. How good is Santa's Little Helper as just a companion, by the way? Yeah, he just goes along. Following along, you know, just being a pal. Good come with guy. Yes. Tom's like that. My best friend, Tom. You tell him to do something, he'll say yes. I'm not going to get into that relationship, man. No, you need a best friend like that in your life. You could just call up like, hey, you want to go to the movies? Yeah, sure. But he has more room in the bed than fucking Ash does. Huh? No, that's Murphy. Oh, no, I'm making a joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, so, he donates blood with the fake ID. It's like, hey, you've got to be 18 to sell your blood. Let's see some ID. Here you go, dollface. Mm. Okay, Homer, just relax. Ow! 
So he's using Homer's ID. It looks nothing like Homer, but anyway, we'll, we'll forgive him for that. Back at dinner, Marge's mum makes... she She's such a bitch. Like, she's just... She makes Grandpa seem nice. She's never this bad in future episodes, is she? Like, I forgot how mean she was in this episode. I don't... Yeah, she's... I think this is as bad as she ever gets. Well, her and Grandpa date, but she wasn't that mean. Was she mean in that episode? I don't think so. I, I don't... I, again, I don't remember her being as bad as she was in no. this. Like, watching this episode, it really surprised me... And made me laugh hysterically at how mean she was. I thought she was always pessimistic and negative, but not mean. Not outwardly that's bitchy. Di- that's yeah. different, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then the family's watching the news. Lisa's about to make a, a speech, because that's what she does. Lisa makes speeches, and she's interrupted by Bart on the news. And how long have you been on the streets? Going on five years, Kent. Hmm. Son, your family may be watching. Is there anything you'd like to say to them? Yes, there is, Kent. Ha ha, I didn't apologise. Oh no. Which was pretty funny. And just instant as well. Like, she's just so quickly cast aside. And look, as you would be in that particular instance, <laughs> when, when the boy that you think you've sent to your room suddenly appears on a live feed at a homeless shelter. I didn't apologise. That's going to get some attention. <laughs> and we should explain, how did he get to the homeless shelter? These two homeless guys find him. They're such nice people. They are. The homeless can be nice. They just find a child in a gutter. Like, let's take him in, give him some free food. Yeah, exactly. They just see a kid down on his luck. Going to bring him in for, you know, a sandwich and some soup. So after they see Bart on the news, uh, we get the classic Homer quote. Hello, operator, give me the number for 911. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the first time that quote's ever been used? Well, I, I know. It's know. In the, the only time I can remember it being used was in The Little Rascals, the movie. And yeah. that was obviously after this episode. It wasn't... I was, for some reason, I was thinking of Austin Powers, but no, that's that's something else. Look, it'd be hard to say if it's the first, but certainly the most famous yeah. of, of any time that's ever been used. That's definitely... It's, it, it, it's such a go-to. It made my uh, top 20 Homer Simpson quotes, or our top 20 Homer, Homer Simpson, Simpson quotes, quotes of all time. You should check it out on the torrentist.tv website. Yes, you should. And also our other top 10 Simpsons videos. Moving on back to the episode, though. So we should also mention that Ken Brockman, the news reporter, going to the homeless shelter to get his annual classic feel-good story yep. of the homeless Which, getting fed. If you're listening to us from Australia, it's the exact sort of thing that I can see Ray Martin doing, and I'm sure Ray Martin you reckon, did do. You reckon yeah. he would sink that, not sink that low, but do you, I don't know. Ray likes to every now and then just roll his sleeves up and pretend he's an everyday common yeah. battler that isn't earning $60 million a year. And you look at his hair and you're like, nah. Yeah, you're exactly. You're like, not with that hair. Every country has that journalist that will go out and be like, I'm just like one of you. <laughs> <laughs> So Brockman's leaving the shelter, and like what we said, it's a jab at the news reporters taking advantage of, of a situation. Hey, thanks for your help, fellas. This reporter smells another local Emmy. Yeah, we're rooting for you, gay. And, like, and the homeless people are full aware. He's like, you know, just go away. We yeah, know the cynicism doing. doesn't matter. The homeless people are milking it so they can get some food. He's milking it for the award. Everyone's happy at the end Wouldn't of the day. Wouldn't you do it if you are a reporter? If I was a reporter, of course, do whatever you need to do. I can see you being a real pompous news reporter. You'd be no. good at it. <laughs> I am good at being <laughs> I actually, uh, I was chatting about this the other day that, you know, the stuff with Torrent This and, and what we're doing here with Four Finger Discounts kicking off and we're starting to get some interviews and that sort of thing. I want to go out and make myself one of those little hats with press written on the side. <laughs> um, <laughs> just wear it about places and see if I can get into some back doors. Like, like Homer did with his hat in the Rex Banner episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like wearing that. a hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then getting back to um to Brockman again, if you look, there's one shot where Brockman's in the car and it's a side-on view. Brockman looks extremely weird. Like, go, okay, go I back didn't and, notice. Go I'm back and watch it. Yeah. He looks... I'll do a screenshot and put it on the page. He just looks really odd. Okay. it's just uh, It seems like they drew him really quickly, basically. It does not look like Kent Brockman at all. But the, the homeless people in that scene, obviously we said they're aware of what Ken Brockman's doing, but what they also do is they help Bart appreciate what he has. 
by, yeah. by showing what they don't have. What the, yeah, exactly. Because he, he says, oh, I've got a family, this, that, and the other. And they're like, well, that sounds pretty good. Like, why are you here? You should mm. be with them. And I just think it's, it's just funny that people who had nothing are the ones that helped Bart show that he has everything. Yeah, well, don't it always seem to go that you don't know <laughs> what you got until it's gone from someone else's life who's a homeless? I think that's how the, that was the original lyrics I of think the song. Janice Joplin, that's what she meant anyway. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Bart goes home and he's about to apologize. He, he feels sorry. And then he has, has this random sort of thought process of what's going to happen when he actually goes in and apologizes. Yeah. And we get one of those classic earlier Simpsons sort of sort of montage. What's the what's the word for um, it? Well, it's, it's, it's almost a dream sequence. Yeah, it's like I guess. a daydream sequence. Yeah. yeah. Now we can blame him for everything. It's your fault, I'm bald. I'm sorry. It's your fault, I'm old. I'm sorry. It's your fault, I can't talk. I'm sorry. It's your fault, America has lost its way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You love these things. A little too. vignette, maybe. And we, we get called a vignette. It's the first time we hear Maggie talk. I am pompous. <laughs> um, uh, it is the first time we hear Maggie talk. Now, who voiced her there? Do we? Do you know that? I don't know that. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't sure either. I wasn't able to find that out. If you are listening and you're, you yeah. know the answer to that, please shoot it. Probably throw just up. quick Google search away. Dan Castellanata would be my bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's that whole thing of uh, and and. How many times do you do this in real life where you know that you've done something wrong and what you build up in your mind to be the consequence is always worse than what would actually happen? But that's that's pretty much what Bart's doing here, that he just panics thinking the whole family's against him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got that really exaggerated camera angles again and everyone's huge and the, all the hands pointing around at him with that relentless, it's all your fault, I'm sorry, it's all your fault, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. And then he, so he, instead of going in and so that means he's like, well, screw that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go onto the roof and get yeah. away. And on the roof, he finds all these old balls. Yes, anybody <laughs> listening that is a boy knows how profitable it can be to climb up on a roof. Oh, you just you forget they're up there. Yeah, and, and not just your roof, any roof. Go yes. to a high school, jump on a roof. Oh, the find, schools are the best. Find basketballs. You'll find tennis balls. Like I, I I've played cricket, so we play ba- cricket in the backyard. You could do the, I'm sure baseball and that sort of thing you probably play like stickball with a tennis ball or something like that. Anyone that's ever done that from the age of eight through to the age of 27, I've never once bought a tennis ball. I have never had less than 12 tennis balls in my house <laughs> at any given time. I remember my dad once had like a sort of like the early version of like a GoPro on the end of a stick, and okay. he went to the local golf course in Lara here in Elko. And he went to the river and put it in the river and he found all these balls that were in the bottom of the lake. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what is that? And he goes, you watch. And he put it in like, you, watch. <laughs> you watch. Just stand back, yeah. son. <laughs> we found all these old balls. It was so great. Anyway. Did then dunk you in to get them? <laughs> Dando, open your mouth. Why? <laughs> Funny story. Okay. Nothing to do with the Simpsons. My dad once. I remember. Do you fish at all? Have you ever been fishing? I've been fishing. Okay. I don't well, fish. Have you ever seen the been down to the St. Helens boat ramp. Uh, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, but I imagine it's like any other it's boat ramp. Say, you know what a boat ramp's like, right? Yep. So we're pulling the, the boat in and Dad's leaning over to grab the pier to pull the boat across it so we can tie it up. Yep. And his phone falls out of his top pocket into oh, the no. water, right? Yep. First reaction, Brendan, get in the water and get it. <laughs> and I'm like, and I hate seaweed. I hate seaweed. Okay. Two things I hate about water, if I can't see the bottom and seaweed, right? Okay. This thing's full of seaweed. So I was like, I don't want to. He's like, just get in there and get the phone. I said, it's seaweed everywhere. Just fucking get in there. And I'm like, you get in there. Don't. He's, he's just going apeshit. <laughs> Meanwhile, the phone's dead by now. So I, and truly. Y- yes. So I jump in there. and Unless it met- was 3310. In which case, it was still <laughs> making phone calls. Yeah. And so I jump in there and I'm feeling around with my feet. I find this phone. Absolutely fucked. 
But I was kind of proud of myself that I overcame my fear of seaweed. Well done. <laughs> I couldn't see the bottom, so I had to use my feet, and I did it. Well done for Brendan's dad for use it and his reckless parenting <laughs> to allow you to get over a fear. So whilst Bart's on the roof not feeling sorry for everybody... Um, mm-hmm. Or especially Lisa. Lisa's in the bedroom feeling sorry for Bart. Saying yeah. that, writing a letter to herself saying that she misses him and she wishes he was there. And blaming herself for the fact that he's run away, basically. Which I think isn't very fair on Lisa, because it's not really her fault. No, it's not. But it's true to Lisa's character that she sees the bigger picture and realises that... You know, she takes it upon herself that she should have been the bigger person. Now, she might not necessarily... You know, that might not be true, but I do feel like that is how she would have reacted. Yep. And she starts crying, and Bart hears her crying and says, Hey, Lise, don't worry, I'm up on the roof. So, he gets, she gets up on the roof with him. I love this scene. I, I completely forgot this happened. This is one of those scenes where I was like, oh, that's right. I really enjoyed this scene. I yeah, forgot. it's a nice moment. And I feel like the kids should go on... There should have been like their, their go-to place when they wanted to settle something. Let's just go on the roof. Yeah, it could be cool. <laughs> like Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just all chill out on the roof at the end of every episode. the theme music for Third Rock from the Sun, by the way? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. For how many people out there listening, how many people were ruined by Dexter Season 4? Never watched Dexter. Lithgow. Should I watch it? Uh, you should watch the first four seasons of Dexter, and then you should probably t- stop it there. Yeah? yeah? I heard the finale is atrocious. Oh, it's the worst ending to a TV show of all time. Season five also uh, features way too much Julia Stiles, and it's terrible for that. Season six, not as bad, but uh, yeah. Watch seasons one through four are, are tremendous, and just, just end it on season four. You don't need to go any further. But John Lithgow is a serial killer in season four. Okay. He kills somebody in the nude. That's pretty cool. Big nude John Lithgow. So he's uh, Christian Tremendous. Bale, American Psycho style. Uh, very similar, yeah. <laughs> Not chasing him with a chainsaw. Dro- but... Dropping a chainsaw down instead of flying Yeah, exactly. Stairs. Speaking of shows, just quickly before we move up, The Shield. Mitch hasn't seen The Shield yet, and he's trying to tell me that The Shield is uh, not as good as The Wire. Right? Nothing is as good as The Wire. I, Nothing can ever be as I good as The, the Wire. I said the exact same thing after I finished watching The Wire. Nicola and I just finished season one of The Shield. Man, unbelievable. Ooh, you're all hepped up on stuff. <sighs> Something's going on. Like, again, I look, I, and on... I I totally get that The Shield is a very good show. I've, I've read the reviews for it. I've never once read anyone say The Shield is the best show of all time. I have read almost every single TV critic ever say The Wire is the greatest show of all time. So until all seasons of The Shield have been watched, I do not... I, I will accept that maybe season one of The Shield is better. Anything's better than season two of The Wire. Let's not get into The Wire here, okay? Because there will be fights. Let's go back to The Simpsons. Let's go back to The Simpsons. We're off track. Okay, so I, I actually had something written here that I wanted to mention. When Lisa's writing her letter, she has the good quote of... And maybe it's my fault because I failed to take his abuse with good humour. Yeah. I thought that's a really good line. Yeah, it is. Because more people should take abuse with good humour. <laughs> because it's not, like I said, it's not fair on Lisa. She shouldn't... It's, that's the Marge coming out in her, I think. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, as, as Bart here, she gets up on the roof, they reconcile. It's just a really good feel-good ending. and Which is what you want in a holiday special. Yeah, and then Homer and Marge are like, we're really good parents. And then they have the, the family eating dinner at the end, later yeah. at night. It's just, it was a really good way to end the episode. I felt the ending may be a little rushed, but it was. It, I think the episode needed a happy ending. It couldn't have... I suppose The Simpsons has never had a depressing ending. but it, Not it, really. It couldn't have even... It, a funny ending wouldn't have matched this episode. It needed to have a happy ending. It needed to have ending. a feel-good ending. Yeah, yeah so sure. what were your overall thoughts of this episode? It was better than I remembered it being, which is a lot of the case of the old episodes. Better than I remembered, but not as funny as I was hoping for. There weren't as many jokes as I would have liked. I've actually got written here, it's not a funny episode. There's nothing wacky about it. It's just a touching, pure emotion story. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. 
What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn in this episode, Mitch? Um, I learned that Lisa reads books that are far too advanced for her age. Such, um, such as? When she's writing the letter, she's got a collection of poems by Edgar Allan Poe and uh, Jack Kerouac, The Road, which is some real heavy literature. I learned that I, I need to go to my parents' house and jump on the roof and find some old tennis balls. Yeah, damn right. Any, <laughs> we should jump on... You live near a golf course. We'll find golf balls oh, along there. 100%. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now let's get into some trivia. Mitch, do you have some trivia for me this week? I do indeed have some trivia, Dando. This is a, one of those little... What is it? Did you notice type trivia um, bits and pieces? We cut to the security office of Mr. Burns' estate. Yes. What book was the security guard reading? Oh, no idea. What was it? Uh, he was reading Les Miserables. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, which... Um, too advanced for a security guard to read. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's reading way too advanced for a security guard level. Yes. Um... You know, i got to say, just on the subject of Les Mis, not all that much of a fan. Too much singing, not enough talking. I got told the same thing and never bothered to watch it. Yeah. Or read it. Ash hated it. We went to watch it. Like, I'm not a big musical guy when it comes to film, but the musicals I do like are the ones where, like the Blues Brothers, where they have scenes and dialogue and then their songs. Like Grease? Yeah, Grease is one like that as well. It's not one of my favourites, but yeah, that sort of stuff. Summer Lovin' Man, come on. Yeah, no, there's good, good songs. Grease so, Megamix, 1990s. Uh, yeah, but overall, Grease the movie isn't all that great. Sweet ending. <laughs> the ending where... Let's drive into the clouds. The ending where she learns that it's not okay to be yourself, and if you just put on a fake personality, then that's how you get the guy. <laughs> yeah, sweet ending. Um, but anyway, yeah, so like, the lame is too much singing, not enough words. That's that's it for me. Some of the songs, though, in the movie, Anne Hathaway nails that I dreamed a dream. She's so, great, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, she is great. Uh, my trivia is now, when Homer is watching the football game in the first act, in the first scene virtually, he names two fake football players. Oh, yeah, who right. Are named after writers. Yes. Name one of them. Were writers or producers? Writers. Okay. Um, one of them, this is a, a, bit of a, a bit of a hint for you, yep. is featured in Conan O'Brien's interview for Jibber Jabber. Oh, shit. I, didn't, I haven't watched that. I know you've posted oh, that. Oh, fucking amazing. You have to watch it. Anyone who hasn't che- che- checked out, it's on the torrentless.tv website. I'll link to it. Just type Conan O'Brien in the search engine on the website. Yep. But it's Conan O'Brien interviewing We'll throw Paul. that up on the Twitter as well. So two Was writers. it Wally? Is there a Wally There's a Wallace. 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 Was it like Wolowski. W.W. Wallowski. Yep. And the other one is uh, Jay Kogan. Oh, yeah. Jay Kogan. Who I have tweeted on via our Twitter. I mm-hmm. want to get him on the show because he seems like a really cool guy. All right, awesome. Yes. Well, let's get him on and talk the dirt about Tracy Ullman. Yes, let's do it. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh. Mailbag once again. Now, I've got a new mailbag for us. We have to unzip it. All right? Just, oh, okay. Just, just unzip it for us, Mitch. I'll Ready? just reach over and... There we go. Thank okay. you. Okay, so cause we needed a new one because it's a lot bigger now. Because so many people have been sending Bulky. questions. Yes. I've done my back just <laughs> carrying in mail. It's like a Christmas sack. It is. 342 letters, all addressed to four-figure discount. <laughs> Maybe we'll make this uh, this aggro sack here our new mailbag. Uh, from Agro's Cartoon Connection, yes. Australian audiences would know and love, and all foreign audiences should Google or YouTube outtakes from Agro's Cartoon so Connection. Good. You ever want to see a puppet talk filthy? This is some of the most amazing stuff You want to see time. a puppet touch up a woman under a desk? Watch yeah. the video. Children's programming at its finest. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what mailbag have we got this week, Mitch? Uh, we've got just, it is bulging with stuff. So, do we want to do Q&A first or we just want to do some of the correspondence and stuff that we've had come in? Like shout outs? Yeah. Um, let's do shout outs first. All right. Um, first off, because it's one of the more recent ones I've had it, uh, had come in, Phil from Belgium. Um, what was oh, Phil's Dr. last name? Yeah, Phil Jansen. So, he's our first Belgium listener. Welcome yes. aboard. Send some chocolate. 
he uh, we had you know quite a bit coming back and forth. But he's a doctor, and you know what amazed me about this? Not two days before getting his message, I was just walking along the street, going, "I wonder what sort of people listen to the show." You know, what What would you do? What sort of tasks? I was actually listening back to an, an episode to, you know, just check for quality and that sort of stuff while I was mowing the lawns. Is it any good? Uh, you know what? That Mitch guy, take him or leave him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was I was like, fuck, it'd be cool if there's a doctor that listens to the show, like, while performing surgery. <laughs> now, I don't know if Phil does that, but he's a doctor who listens to the show. That's close enough. And he has graciously offered to cut off the fingers, two fingers, yes. of one of his um, patients in honour of the show, in honour of Four Finger Discount. So it could be our mascot. Exactly. <laughs> That's so, so awesome. We, we, they could send through a photo of no thumbs up. Next uh, shout out. Uh, what do we got? Jake two Mc... more. Two more. All right. Jake Mc... Sorry, Jack McFadden. Um, he's a new listener to the show and he's a very big fan. He's uh, We're going to put a photo up that Jack sent through to us. He's from the UK. Just Magnet Man? Yeah, they had these really cool magnet, like a collection of magnets that you had. So it was the, it was the whole family sitting on a couch split into five or six different pieces. Um, he said that they had like a really stressful time trying to find Maggie. They were missing... It the, always happens. There's always magnet. one in the set that's hard to get, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like the golden ticket. Yeah. Um, I just want to let you guys know, you guys listening, before you get to the next one, in case you're not aware yet, I'm a big nostalgia geek. I love... I just love obscure, particularly Simpsons stuff, obscure Simpsons stuff from, what, the 90s, whatever, that magnets and just shit that you find, like, cereal and whatnot. And there's a lot of stuff that was never available in Australia. So, if you're listening now and you've still got some of your obscure Simpsons shit, like merchandise from the past, yep. send us a picture because I'd love to see it. I'd, I'm really interested to see what Simpsons, obscure Simpsons merch there was released around the world when I was a kid. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, the final one that's going to come in is from Stephanie Hall, who's uh, first time that I that I've seen that we've heard from Stephanie. She so ran out of episodes, apparently. She has run out of episodes, which is a problem a lot of people have now. But um, so she, yeah, she said, "I've finally caught up. What do I do?" You wait for a shout out. You do wait for a shout out, and here it is. Now you've had a <laughs> shout out. Maybe go outside, read a book, try to get something else in your life because you don't. How many have we recorded now? Like twenty. This is twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. So that's something like. That's over, at a bare minimum, that's more than a solid day I think the, spent the, the, with The us. first few were only about 25 minutes or so, though. Yeah, well, but we've averaged out. Some of them are a bit longer. We're finding our groove now. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, let's say it's 24 hours with you and I. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. Um, good on you, and I don't I know how you got through it. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that people listen to us. No. No, me either. Oh, and not only do they listen... They care. They do care. Like, they want us to know. Like, and, and sorry, I've just... Is there one that's just come through? As we're doing this, one's just come through. What is it? Yeah, grab your phone out. Nate. Oh, yeah, Nate. Nate. All Nate. right. You, you want to read this one out live? I know you said one more, but let's just read this one out live for okay. Nate. Nate, nobody. Okay. Uh, I enjoy these. I get excited when something <laughs> comes in live. Uh, hey, fellas, really love your work. I'm an Aussie living in Germany. Okay, so Germany. Guten Tag. Yes. And listening to your podcast is my faint but nostalgic connection to home. Pop culture references that I also grew up with and my nerdy side. Yep. That's pretty much what we're going for with the podcast. Pretty much, yes. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast for a few months now and I've been sharing it with all my German mates. One particular mate I meet up with pretty often to discuss your podcast over a beer. That's awesome. Uh, that is awesome. We're giving people a reason to catch up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but so, so people are going out having a beer talking about our show. That's amazing. That's really, really cool. People in Germany. <laughs> what is your German friend's name? Please. Yes. We'll I'd like to sh- find that out. Shout out the next show. Um, he also says uh, Just listen to Dead Hunting Society Love the Foxtail reference I was quite proud of myself Went into YouTube yeah, And well got the audio for that. that I want my Foxtail I was surprised that YouTube had it I, I just like geeked out so much When I watched that trailer I love watching shit from your childhood That you forgot existed You know what I really like If you're watching old trailers Is like 
uh, ads, oh, commercials. For, yeah. ads for yeah, sorry, commercials. Ads for Apple Mac from like 1988 or something I, I like that. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it. Well, just any, not Apple Mac specifically, but any computer technology yeah. from 20 years ago. Anything technology. Really. Yeah, like it's stuff that we, you know, you, you take for granted now. A phone can do more powerfully yeah. and at the time it was going to change the world. Uh, he says, to be honest, though, I never got up in time to see the Fox 8 sessions. We're talking about Fox 8, the Super Simpson Saturdays, yeah, which were amazing. Yeah, that's a big sleep in, because they went through to like three in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, he said he, he got the, the plus two, so 11 oh, o'clock. Okay. Yep. He said, I better ask you a question rather than just heap praise on you. We like the praise, though. Keep heaping it on. Yeah, please. Please do. It is my blanket. What was, is your favorite use or acknowledgement of a Simpsons quote moment in real life? Because his is uh, when he was driving past the Star Wars Episode Two premiere lineup, yelled out, Nerds! <laughs> only to then park the car and join the line. <laughs> Good job. Uh, hopefully to applause. Thunderous applause. <laughs> um, all right, well, we could dedicate a lot more to this, but there is one that springs to mind just quickly, which is uh, going back a few years where I walked into a Hungry Jack's. I was fairly drunk. What was going on? I was standing at one register that had no one at it. My mate was ordering. I was paying more attention to my mate. And then someone's like, yeah, someone appeared and said, can I take your order? And it was one of those moments where I didn't realize that they'd appeared. So I spun around a little bit surprised and just came out with, my God, you're greasy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I've got a really funny one. This isn't Simpsons based, but I was with my uncle, Michael Darren, who's a diehard uh, Star Wars fan, much like me. I remember when I was a kid and like my uncle Darren was like my old when I was a kid because no other adult that I knew loved Star Wars. Yeah. So... so I remember it was when the original three got re-released, like 97, yep. and we're at KFC. In, in the- THX Surround Sound. Yeah. <laughs> and the VHS collection came out, yep. and they had um, they had like a Star Wars promotion at KFC, and the chick, I don't know what we ordered, but she's like, sorry about the wait. My uncle just goes, you will be. You Ooh. will be. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking awesome. The chick didn't know whether to laugh. She, she clearly had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, no. That's just the use have. of a movie quote in real life that always just stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> I always, a Simpsons one that I always use all the time. Every single time we're going out for dinner or whatever, and Nicholas says, Are you ready? I'm sitting on the end of my bed. I always say, Just going to put my shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not Simpsons related, but like those similar little things that you do that are just really annoying. I can't go to an Indian restaurant or anywhere and see Korma on the menu without singing Korma, 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 Chameleon. I could do it 500 times <laughs> I, and I can't get sick of doing it. The joke that Nicola can't stop doing is whenever I say excuse me, she's like, what would you do? Ah, uh, that one. <laughs> Every time. Dad joke from Nicola. Anyway, so move on. Let's get, into the official, let's get into the official mailbag. Okay, yeah. So the actual questions that we've got. Now, the first one is coming to us from Liam Connolly. Okay. He asks... What is our favourite performance from a guest star? So, not necessarily who is the best character, who is the funniest. Who do we think has acted the best? Not playing themselves? Uh, not Well, he hasn't specified, so you can go... I'll go with not playing themselves. Okay. I'm going to say Harvey Feierstein. All I right, think he Harvey pushed- Feierstein, Carl... Um, is incredible. Yes, he was amazing. I'm- he just got so into the character. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'm going to go Dustin Hoffman. Um, yeah, you, you love that performance, don't you? I do. And, uh, and Lisa Substitute didn't make it to number one by any means on our guest list. He was in the top ten, but... He was three, I think. Yeah, but that is a great performance from Dustin Hoffman. It really draws out a lot of emotion. And you know what? Like, he does enough that I was watching it, I was like, shit, that sounds like Dustin Hoffman. But then when, before I realised he was using a pseudonym at, on the show, I went back and was like, oh, maybe it's not Dustin Hoffman. Like, he, he disappears enough into the character that you don't know if it's him or not, which I really, really like. What I liked about these those two performances in particular is these are A-list, or I suppose Harvey Feinstein's not A-list celebrity, but, like, there's big celebrities. Mm. He's he, At the time, he would have been A-list on Broadway. Yeah, I guess now, so. Now, that yeah. might be a different thing, but he was huge. Yeah. They didn't need, they, they put so much effort 
into a show that essentially wasn't at its even at its peak yet. It was just this new cartoon. Yeah. But they put in so much effort into their characters. Like yeah. they they took it so serious. And in the case of Dustin Hoffman, it wasn't even for publicity. He didn't even put his name on. Yeah. Like it's not like just a case of, you know, Weird Al Yankovic's on The Simpsons and people will watch it just because it's Weird Al Yankovic on The Simpsons. It was just, you know, here's a story. Dustin Hoffman's acting in it. Yeah. Uh, Nate's just written back, by the way. Okay. Nate says, hey, haha, cheers, waiting for, with bated breath. So there you go, Nate. We love when people, like, if we put up a post saying we're going to record tonight, send us through some messages because there's a chance that your message will get read out live on the show. Mm. So let's get into the next mailbag question. Uh, okay, so the next one is from... Yeah, Mitch has got a little pointer here. I've got a laser pen. <laughs> it's That's how I follow my notes. Um... Frank, oh, this is going to be a tough surname. Skibs. Is it Skibellis or something? Skibellia? Yeah. Skibellia. Skibellia. Maybe it's a silent C, Sibilia. Sibilia, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so he wrote through asking us, uh, of all things, uh, if there was to be a spin off show starring Hans Molman. What would it be called? Oh, you've told me what yours is, and I'm not even going to bother trying yeah. to beat it. Now, the, it, <laughs> I posted this on the Facebook page, so it's a little self-indulgent by repeating it here, but I figured not everyone would have seen it. I'm going with a Helping Hans, and the synopsis, I've gone one step further than just what it would be called. Hans Molman travels the country, helping <laughs> s- random strangers with simple problems, but he always comes up with really complex solutions. Now, the thing is, though... Hans always thinks it's the other people that are being over the top and and excessive in what they're doing with the catchphrase, don't make a mountain out of a mole man. (laughs) And it ends on freeze frame every episode? Every episode. (laughs) He looks at the camera with a big smile. Yeah. (laughs) Every time he says it. And nothing ever gets fixed. (laughs) We need to make this show. Who has flash skills out there? That would be so handy. If there's a listener out there that knows how to use Flash, please message us. I can write a script. I I just don't have the technical capabilities to make that happen. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. If we knew someone that could make Flash videos, the potential. Oh, oh, man. It'd be so good. Let's move on to the last question, or is it... How many more questions are there? I've got one more question. One more question. Well, um, yeah, no, I've got one more question. Okay, then. Remember, if your question doesn't get read out, have no fear, because there is shitloads and we will get to them. Matt Brown didn't really have a question, but he did point out from Dead Putting... uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. um, Putting Society about the change in Flanders, how at that point, like, Flanders... Uh, religion is sort of hinted at, but he's not the fanatical fundamentalist Christian that we come sort to know. Sort of, though. He, like, when he calls... It's, it's hinted that he always calls the Reverend. It, it is hinted that he calls the Reverend a lot, and he obviously Over knows nothing. the Bible back and forth. Yep, but he's not a, he's not a Bible basher, I guess, at this No, point. and he also has a brewery in his basement. That doesn't yeah, seem like true. an... Obviously, you know, it's not like Christians don't drink beer, but it just... It didn't quite... That sort of thing you wouldn't feel like would necessarily be there now. I think is what's the episode with the um is it the joy of sect when they tr- the leader I'm pretty sure he has yeah. beer in his basement at that point as well I think they ha- well since they put it in the first season they had to keep that consistent going yeah go. I suppose but it, but it's certainly yeah not as right wing as he does become no no, no. Uh, but he was like you know Matt sort of posited that Flanders in that episode is presented as the anti Homer basically like the, the good father yeah everything Homer's bad at Flanders is good at yeah. Yeah. all you wrestling fans out there will appreciate my reference of the word good father by the way. You don't you don't understand it, but any any diehard wrestling fan will know what Good Father means. Okay, I was just thinking of the Good Son with yeah. Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. Horrible movie. Uh, <laughs> okay. And what was the last question? Thanks, Matthew, for that. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, the final one comes from Joe Hill. 
Um, now, this is a, a oh, really a good one, interesting I question. I love this one. This is about censorship. So, mm. he wanted to know, what have we noticed that's been cut from the TV versions of episodes? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, with him, <clears> the one that he'd pointed out was... Uh, for, uh, what was the episode from? I'm sorry. His was when they say... Um, when Uda says... Or they say, no one likes Millhouse. Yeah, yeah. Say, Uda but, likes Millhouse. No one likes Millhouse. That's yeah. when uh, Lisa's date with Density. The date with density, thank you. So, apparently, the line, Uda likes Milhouse, has been cut out from versions that he's seen that. He said that he thought that was odd, given that they'd shown Harvey Firestein's character, Carl, kissing Homer on the lips. Well, yeah, now, it is odd. I guess the difference is, in the first one, that's not making fun of homosexuality. Like, yeah, they're not saying gay's bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas in this one, by teasing Uda for being gay, the the crux of the joke is being gay. But are they, um, are they really saying that Uda's gay in the sense that... that uh, well, no, they're not. But, like, it, it, it's, it's that... Implied, if you're drawing that line, that's it's sort implied. of... Like, that's where that joke sort of hinges. It's a bandwagon but, for people to jump onto. Yeah. Now, I'd never actually noticed that that had been censored myself. But nah, I think it's because we always were used to the Fox Tale version. The Fox yeah. never cuts it out. Yeah. But we do have two versions ourselves. So, what 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 have you got? What have you seen that's been cut you, from episodes Oh, two um, One examples. Inch. Sorry. Yeah. Um, mine was from... A Star is Burns. Okay. With yep. the film festival. Yep. I can't remember what her name is, but they're sitting around the dinner table or around the, the um like the judging table. Yeah. And Krusty says, Let's get this thing done quick. I've got a date with Eudora somebody. It's Eudora mm. somebody. I don't know who it must be a celebrity. And on the unedited version, she burps and she burps so loud that Krusty's hair blows and he goes, Calming Eudora. Oh. As a reference that the woman burps like a man, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, right? right. And like, his hair blows from the burp. But I've seen now when it's played on TV now. Her burps cut out, but Krusty's hair moves. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so Krusty be sitting there. And his and hair just blows it in the middle of nowhere. And he'll say, I've got a date with Eudora, whatever, Densky or something. Her name's Eudora something. Yeah. All of a sudden, his hair moves and goes, Calming Eudora. They cut out the burping sound. Maybe she complained. Yeah, I don't know. That, I, I also thought that was odd because when I, the first time Her I saw- lawyers got hold of it. The first time I saw that episode was the edited version. I was like, what the hell just happened then? Because it makes no sense. Then I saw it on Foxtel. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. there's a burping okay. sound. Well, the one that I've got is from, I've gone blank, uh, Bart the Murderer. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. So, it's when, obviously, Bart's working for Fat Tony and he has the truck full of cigarettes. Yeah. Which, by the way, includes my favourite bit of dialogue from Fat Tony of all time with that, um, Bart, would it be wrong to... Like, say your family was starving. Would it be long to steal a, a loaf of bread? Uh, no. And what if you had a big family? Would it be wrong to steal a truck of bread? Uh, I guess that'd be okay. And what if your family don't like bread? They like cigarettes. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, the scene is Bart sitting in his room and Homer comes in, finds all the cigarettes. And he's like, I'm going to make you smoke every single one of these. And then the delivery guy says, yo, uh, pick up for Fat Tony. He says, in here, my man. Homer says, I will never doubt you again. Now, in the in the TV version these days, that's all it has. But I was flicking through this on DVD uh, a couple of years ago now. And I noticed an extra bit where the delivery guy looks at Bart with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he's like, hey, kid, you look uh, real cool with that cigarette. Kind of sophisticated. Oh, really? And they cut that out? Yeah, exactly. So, like, obviously the whole joke being that you, people, teen smoking because it's cool. And, um, yeah, like, obviously that, that it's just probably played too straight um, that, you know, I pick it up as a joke and it's, uh, I thought it was hilarious. And given that I'd watched that scene so many times, having never seen that, when I finally saw it and it was different, I, I hit the floor with laughter over it. How great is it when, like, example for this, when you go back and watch episodes unedited, like on Foxtel or on yeah. DVD, and you see this shit, you're like... Well, I went my entire life not knowing this existed. Well, I have the ultimate example of that yeah. is RoboCop. 
I love RoboCop. Yeah. Love, 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 love. Loved it as a kid. The my, original, obviously. Yeah, the, the first one. Um, my mum had it, like, taped off Channel 7 for me, and all the ads removed, so it was like sitting down and watching it start well to Well done, mum. That's a difficult task. I must have watched that a hundred times up until I was 12. You, and you then know, I... Can I just interrupt? Sorry. You know what I like when you used to tape movies off TV? The little, like, five seconds that they'd play before a commercial? Yeah. And, where it's like music starts playing underneath and, and stuff? And it would remind you what it was rated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continue, anyway. Um... I probably didn't watch it from when I was 12 until I was 18 when I bought it on DVD. And I picked it up. I was like, rated R. I don't remember it being that bad. I mean, it was an action movie, but I didn't remember a huge amount in the way of violence. I get home and watch the DVD. to fo- like. It's one of the most fucking violent films that I've ever seen. I was like, Mum, what the fuck were you letting me watch <laughs> when I was a kid? But then I went back and watched it and realised that Channel 7 had edited so much out yeah? that like it was almost 20 minutes of footage was missing. Oh, wow. But I just never knew. I just always thought that that's what Robocop was. And they had time for commercials. That's yeah. what it was. You know, I, I, didn't, I knew of a kid when I was growing up who's, who must have lived a much more sheltered life, though. His dad, you want to talk about like editing out commercials for a movie? His dad recorded Jurassic Park off the TV for him. His dad edited out any scene that involved a character dying. <laughs> so, like, the lawyer getting in off the toilet, gone. And, like, the kid was 15 years old. His, his father he just secluded him from everything. He taped the first 25 minutes, that's it. Exactly. You can, you can watch the helicopter landing. That's um, it. But not all of it, because it gets a little bit jumpy and it's a bit violent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that wraps up our review of uh, Bart versus Thanksgiving. I always get that title confused in my head. Like, I feel like Bart versus Thanksgiving doesn't sound right when I say it, but it is, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it, it is. is the correct <laughs> title. A little bit like it's not like he's rebelling against Thanksgiving, which is one weird thing. But yeah. anyway, well, he, he does ruin it, I guess. Yeah, in, uh, through the family's eyes. But anyway, a good episode. Like, it's not a great episode, but it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's watchable. Served its purpose. I, you know, go back and watch it. I you know what I was going to say before we wrap up. I got the idea. Do you think we should go back? considering the success of our audio commentary mm. of the Simpsons movie, and start doing audio commentaries of the episodes? Well, potentially. There's uh, certainly some that we could pick and choose from. I was thinking Cam Krusty, for sure, would be one worth doing. Yes, maybe, maybe that's what we'll do. We'll say to people, but I don't want to do audio commentaries of episodes we haven't done reviews of yet, though. No, me either. I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's not a good... The only reason I thought about it was because I was at work today, and the guy said to me, what happens when you've reviewed all the episodes? Then what are you going to talk about? And I was like, hmm, well, that's a little... Something I haven't thought about. Maybe well, we'll not, be honest. We'll go back to the start and... Rev- if we're not making some money by... You know, that's going to be 10 years away. <laughs> if this hasn't turned into something by then, I might pull the pin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a 37-year-old man volunteering Once my again, time. Mitch, all about the money. Well, I'm a little bit about the money. Well, when we're like 55, we're like, we need to be doing this for a purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, we'll come up with something to talk about. By then, we'll have a following. We can talk about it whatever the hell we want. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, like I said, guys, we appreciate every single one of you for listening. Like, it still boggles my mind that you guys not only just take the time to listen to the show, but you listen to it. And if we ask a question, you respond and you, you help us out. Yeah, you send messages of, of niceness. Like, even when you're pointing out something that we get wrong... That's you guys caring. I know. Like, we don't mind when you talk bad about us or yeah, point, us or out, point out something guys wrong with that, Like, when you disagree with something we say... That's fine. I, I, yeah, absolutely fine. Um, you're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> um, no, but, like, you disagree, you, but you don't go like, oh, my God, you guys are idiots. I'm never listening to you again. I can't believe you thought that. It's just a case of, like, I see where you're coming from. I don't agree with it. This is what I believe. And I love that. Like, you know... It's fucking mature dialogue on the internet. It doesn't happen. I'm really excited when stuff like that comes through. And it's just so many people... Are I'm mess- more excited when people say, I agree with everything you say, Mitch, <laughs> and my God, you have a dreamy voice. So, so many people are messaging the page saying that 
the the podcast is getting them through their day. Like they, they it's yeah. giving them something to listen to on the train or whatever. I just I just love that. I just love that we're making an impact on people's lives. Yeah, that's incredible. Like we're just we're, how long have we been doing the show for now? Like uh, six months. Six months. Roughly. Oh, by the way, we cracked ten thousand downloads. Oh yeah, boom. How awesome is that? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, like I said, baby Five steps. Five figures. Yes, but it's 10,000 fucking downloads for a show that we didn't think anyone would even bother listening to. Yeah, no. We just started this because we wanted to do it. We thought it'd be fun. People care now. Mm. Obviously, we need to thank our good friends at the Simpsons Best Moments page. I knew I'd find a... So, I was going to say, I knew I'd find a use for those 9,800 iPads <laughs> that I bought. <laughs> um, yeah, we should plug the sponsors. So, nohomers.net, the best place to chat with other Simpsons fans, like the forums. So, get on there, nohomers.net. Exactly. Uh, one of the things, we keep getting messages from people saying they love this podcast because they're finding like, like-minded people in us. There are... Nohomers.net is exactly where you're going to find all of those people. So check them out. Also, you'll find these people on the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page. Mm. And these guys are now putting up new moments every single hour. So yeah. facebook.com slash the Simpsons Best Moments. These guys have helped us out so much. It's time that we give back to them. You guys, if you haven't liked their page yet, get on there now. The link's below this. If you're watching this on the website or listen to this on the website, the link's below. The link's also in the description of the podcast. Go to the facebook.com slash the Simpsons Best Moments. Chuck them a like. You're going to love it. Yeah. Now, Mitch, any final words before we send you off? Uh, no, I'm going to point out to the listeners that, as you were saying, the link is below. You were pointing down as if they were watching you. I Ooh, kind of yeah. thought that was cute. Well done. <laughs> okay. The one Up r- here for thinking, what? down here for Lincoln. The one, the one rule of radio you need to learn, always be visual. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, catch you guys later. See you guys. Shh.